It's uh, great to be with you, honored, and um, first of all, I want to say not to us, not to us, O Lord, Psalm 115, verse 1, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be the glory. And uh, we give the Lord glory for all that he's done in our lives to, uh, first of all, bring us to himself, and um, people who know Dave and Wendy, they'd say that's a strange and wonderful relationship. Dave is really strange, and Wendy is... Really wonderful. <laughs> uh, just a little background. Um, uh, Trav reminded us of the five B's of public speaking. Be brief, brother, be brief. So I'll be <laughs> try to honor that. <laughs> and um, But grew up in the Twin Cities, came to Christ when I was 17 years old. Very disillusioned with the church and organized religion. Good buddy of mine. I always do a minute to witness. I, I just uh, try to share a minute testimony with at least one person a day and uh, shared with Bear over at Mr. Misty yesterday at the car wash. He had, I had already shared with him and he's reading my story so I'm kind of cultivating that relationship and with Christine over at OPH but just really uh, I really live my life to first of all glorify the Lord and uh, depopulate hell and populate heaven for the glory of Jesus Christ. I'm just so overwhelmed with gratitude for what he's done in my life to bring me into relationship with him. And I just say, every day, Lord, would you restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with that willing spirit that I'll teach transgressors your ways, sinners will be converted to you. 17 years old, the Lord stopped me in my tracks after a good buddy of mine committed suicide. I was captain in all three of my sports. Grew up in North St. Paul, dating the homecoming queen, kind of an arrogant guy, and uh, the Lord just uh, really uh, turned my life upside down when uh, Christ came into my life. I don't have time to tell you my whole testimony someday. I'd love to unpack it with you, but I love to tell people that story and uh, how Jesus has just totally changed me, and uh, that's he's really the basis of our lives and our, our marriage, and um, like I said to Christine, I say, hey, Christine, do you have a story like that? She said, no. And Bear doesn't have a story like that. And so many people don't have a story like that. But uh, Jesus changes everything. And uh, so we could talk about principles and all the things that have worked in our relationship, but it's really Jesus. That marriage triangle, Jesus at the top, us at the bottom. And the closer we get to the Lord Jesus, the closer we get to, to one another. And that's a little bit about my faith journey. Went on to play a little college football. Got involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And uh, fast forward, I'm over at the University of Minnesota. I saw this really pretty, pretty girl jumping up and down on the sidelines as a cheerleader. And all my thoughts weren't totally spiritual, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I met Wendy through FCA over at the University of Minnesota. And uh, we, uh, the Lord really knit our hearts together. And I'll let her talk a little bit. I'm just a small town girl, growing up in a crazy world here. Now, just came from a small town in Lesseur, a uh, large family though, and I came to the Lord at a, a tender younger young age, at about eight or nine years old, when we had a vacation Bible school in our town. Combined churches together, and um, the pastor that led that uh, was was our neighbor. He lived two doors down, and just a very sweet, winsome man. And um, just unpacked the gospel, and I just raised my hand and accepted Christ. And really, I felt like that was the beginning of my journey. And I really remember moments throughout when I was younger in elementary school, high school, of the Lord just nudging me and keeping me tender towards Him. And uh, 
is kind of fun because I know one one time I was thinking it would be fun to marry a, a Christian athlete because I loved sports too, and, and I um, just thought it'd be fun to have somebody to share in that same level, which I didn't find in high school. But as Dave said, we met each other in college at the University of Minnesota, and um, you want to tell that? So anyway, I just um, we're trying to do this very quickly. Um, but the gentleman who led me to Christ, Ron Hess, happened to be the gentleman who had a significant influence in Dave's life, and I'll let him tell you that story. Yeah, I, uh, I went through a period of real brokenness. I had an incapacitating injury, had a surgery, and I got, I mean, I was really messed up. I was a brand new Christian, 17 years old, off to college, living into this environment with about 100 guys on a football team and just very few of them had a clue about what it meant to walk with Jesus. So I was feeling kind of like a voice crying in the wilderness. Uh, had a, I, I remember getting drunk on a Friday night, had a cast on my leg, busted it in three places and I'm, I'm just about as low as a snake's belly because I, I think there's only one person more miserable than a non-Christian. It's a Christian who's not walking with the Lord. At least when I wasn't saved, I could enjoy my sin a little bit. <laughs> but, but when you know the Lord and you're not walking with him, it's miserable. And I didn't know what it meant to walk in the Holy Spirit, to walk in, in uh, obedience to the Word. I didn't even read the Word. It was collecting dust on my shelf. And I was hitchhiking out of town, and a guy who was a state director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes picked me up hitchhiking. A little coincidence. He had done some chapels for our football team, and he knew that I was a Christian. And he looked at me, and he said, Dave, are you going to make your life count for Christ on campus? I said, Ron, I don't even know if I'm a Christian the way I'm living right now. And uh, the Lord used that. And uh, God has to break a man before he takes a man. And the Lord took me through a real period of brokenness. I literally got back in my dorm room, got on my face before the Lord, and I said, Lord, here's my life, the mess that it's in. If you can do anything with it, it's all yours. And I was already saved. I got saved. It was a very def uh, definite conversion experience when I was in high school. But uh, that um, encounter gave me two incredible passions. I pulled the dusty Bible off the shelf that was uh, my mom had given me a note said, when you get discouraged, start reading the Psalms. I started reading the Word of God. And it's like the Lord just jumped off the pages at me and shook me up. And I consumed the Bible, and it consumed me, and I just couldn't get enough of God's Word. And then I couldn't stop talking about it. Well, you got the early church to witness as you just take your hand away from their mouth. Couldn't stop talking about that which they had seen and heard. And so the Lord started doing a great work in my life. And so uh, Ron had a huge impact on my life. We're talking about people who influenced us on our first date. And I said, you know, how I came to Christ. And I said, there's this guy, Ron Hess, really challenged me. And I'll let you take it from there. So Ron Hess was uh, the one actually who performed our ceremony. And um, it was an honor to have him. And he was, we had dated for, what, bef it was like four years bef between our first date and our marriage. And a lot of people were trying to give him the nudge, you know, kind of get off, you know, get off the dime there and, and, and propose to this young lady. But anyway, so Ron had a joke about that. He said, there's two main reasons or two things that people in this room at, the, at our wedding, we're looking forward to, and he said, the second coming of Christ and the wedding of Dave and Wendy, and he said, and not necessarily in that order, so it was a, it was a great celebration, and um, I think what attracted me to Dave, which still does today, is just his uh, commitment to Christ, first of all, he's given 
our family and myself the stability, kind of anchors me, anchors my soul, encourages me, and is a spiritual rock for me. And, and as far as being very consistent, I, I don't know anybody more consistent in his, his faith journey. So I noticed that about him. That really attracted me about Dave. <laughs> and um, So just love you, honey, and I'm grateful for you. No, I get the mic a little longer. <laughs> So anyway, we got married finally, and um, I'm going to forward. This is our family, five children later, and nine grandkids. I'll, I'll let you sit on that for a little bit here. Well, this is a fun one. That's the reality when you take photos, you know, behind the scenes, <laughs> the snapshot that really happens. Uh. Behind every good man, there's a better woman <laughs> and a surprised mother-in-law. But, uh, and I'm not even a, a good man, but by the grace of God, but I am just totally, totally blessed to have Wendy in my life. And it's easy to stand up here and trying to put on this facade that everything's perfect. It hasn't all been perfect. Um, we, uh, we've had a lot of our challenges and hardships, and uh, let Wendy share about that a little bit. But I always... Uh, and I've got a conviction, if it doesn't work at home, don't try to export it somewhere else. And I, th I think that what happens, this is so, so important what's happening here. And uh, I, I ask people, Lord, I want to re uh, re renew my first love for Jesus every day. But along with it, I want to renew my first love for my wife. That I could love her like Christ loved the church. And I know how, how miserably we fall short of that standard, but really the gospel changes everything. And when we learn how to die to self and be united with Christ in the likeness of his death, and we also are united with him in the likeness of his resurrection, he says, we walk in newness of life. And I always hear people say, oh, marriage is so hard. I even heard it this past weekend. It's, it's really work, and it's, it's really, it's like this, this big chore. And I said, that's not how God intended it. His picture, did God create anything that was mediocre? He says, it is good, it is good, it is good. The first time he says something isn't good, it's not good for man to live alone, but he'll make a helpmeet suitable, corresponding to uh, them. And so I say, I want to have a great marriage. I don't want to have just a mediocre, let's kind of slug it out. And we've had our difficulties. We'll talk a little bit about resolving conflict. It's just part of, it's because we're fallen, we're sinful. But God's design, and when we start lining our lives up, first of all, living in the power of the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and then lining our lives up with his blueprint, which was so thrilling that you're here to really unpack that blueprint for uh, marriage and the family. And then it ultimately becomes a picture of Christ's love for the church. And uh, I want to love Wendy like Christ loved the church. But hardships, you know, the... the uh, they, sh they mold us and shape us, and we've had our, our share of them. You want to share a little bit, honey? I could go back to that picture with our whole family. Um, pregnancies have not been easy for us to have children, and uh, many of you know some of our story that have, are in this room here that have known us for the years. Um, just have had difficulties carrying children for a situation that I have, and um, so I've been on major bed rest with uh, carrying 
our firstborn for sure, and then their last set of twins, um, six months of bed rest. So, um, but you know, those challenges that each of us go through as couples individually, but I think it really does bond us together in the Lord. As difficult as it can be, um, I think those challenges, you know, work out for the good. And I know that the Lord tenderized my heart and helped me to realize that children are a gift from the Lord. Really, the fruit of the womb is his reward to us. But yet, um, I, I, those are the moments I lay on that bed, just not knowing what was going to happen, and just was kind of a total release. I had to ungrasp my hand and just say, Lord, your will be done. And I uh, just really struggled in the hospital room there, just uh, not knowing if we're going to be able to bring home a baby or not. But it, it was sweet, tender moments with the Lord at those times, and I wouldn't trade it as hard as it was, and even on the bed rest days, um, but we had to be a team together at that time. Dave had to learn to serve me, <laughs> and um, so that's one of our challenges that we went through. Yeah, I've got the gift of being served, so I, <laughs> I have not come to be served, or served, but to be served, and uh, oops, it goes the other way around, right? No, it, that's hard, because uh, and Wendy has been just amazing, just an uh, incredible mom. And uh, I don't think our kids fully understand uh, how much she went through to <laughs> bring them into the world. The last were twins, and uh, but pretty much six months. Try that. Figure, you know, just imagine that, almost like 95% bed rest. I mean, she could get up and go to the bathroom, basically. And So we had my folks had to actually come in uh, that last our last pregnancy when we had twins, we almost lost them, and we had a whole night where we thought we lost them, and we just spent that just in total brokenness before the Lord. We'd, I had prayed for twins. We had no history of twins. We lost two boys along the way. And uh, Matthew, David, and Michael, David, they're going to uh, walk us around in glory someday. And I said, Lord, Lord gives, the Lord takes away. And I said, Lord, would you be gracious and maybe give us twins? Because we only were going to try one more time because it was so difficult Doctor didn't even want us to get pregnant again. I, we just love trying, though. We <laughs> it gets better and better and better. I'm telling you, and she still is my righteous fox. So I so grateful. But uh, and he's my holy hunk. <laughs> anyways. Uh, that was a really hard time in our life and our lives together. And, and to have uh, twins with kids that were seven years and younger, toddlers, try that one out. So that's, uh, Ma Wendy's an amazing uh, mom, amazing wife, and such a great support. And I, I couldn't have done what I've done if it wasn't for Wendy and have been doing uh, Traveled to over 100 countries. We got 122 missionaries in 42 countries, and just really trying to be on the front line, serving Jesus and making Jesus known. And I would come home, and she'd do while you were out projects and just little expressions of love and such. A, I so appreciate it. When we, uh... I'm trying to manage our time here. <laughs> Yeah, do that. We talked a little bit about hardships. How do we resolve conflict? Happens. We don't, we don't get explosive. We're just not, that's not our personalities. But, you know, it can churn in there. And you just, 
whenever you have two people, uh, all of us like sheep. I think the central issue of conflict in relationships is Isaiah 53, 6. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each one turns to their own way. And when you have two people want their own way, <laughs> you got conflict. It says, but the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And it's through the forgiveness of Christ and the reality of Christ that we can even have the capacity to learn how to resolve conflict. Here, here's one that you'll probably want to write down. It's, it's worth remembering. Whenever we get into a little dispute and we resolve it, Wendy comes crawling to me on her hands and knees <laughs> every time. Then when she finds me hiding under the bed, she says, get out from under the bed, you coward, and fight like a man. <laughs> she hates that joke. <laughs> One more. <laughs> Last time we had a little fight, I didn't see her for a week and a half. And then finally my left eye started opening up a little bit. <laughs> when well, she gets really mad, she starts throwing tomatoes at me. You might think tomatoes don't hurt, but they do. Sure do when they're still in the can. So. <laughs> but it, I didn't miss my calling of being a stand-up comic. But uh, um, seriously, uh, keeping short accounts, uh, learning how to really be quick to forgive. Twelve words that will save your marriage. And uh, this is worth writing down. I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. And I love you. Um, I was getting ready for church. One day the faucet was dripping. And those, those little foxes that destroy the vineyard, aren't they? Those little things, that, those irritants. And I get, this bugged me. I, just, I said, honey, if I've told you once, I told you a hundred times, will you turn off that goofy dripping faucet? She says, why don't you turn off the closet light? <laughs> and I was just not happy. And uh, I always will tell her I love her before I head out. I didn't that morning. I just was huffed out, and I'm going over to a staff elder prayer time before church. <laughs> and I'm supposed to counsel a couple on their marriage that day. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in that prayer meeting, and I couldn't, I couldn't even pray. And I said, oh, Lord, I am such a miserable hypocrite. And I went into my office, opened up 1 Corinthians 13. It says, love is patient. Love is kind, love is not jealous, arrogant, boastful, or rude, doesn't act unbecomingly, doesn't seek its own, doesn't take into account a wrong suffered, believes all things, bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. I said, Lord, I failed on every one of these. And I was crying. And I ran back home and I looked at Wendy and I said, honey, I, I'm really sorry. I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? And I love you. And she did the same to me, and we kissed and made up. And, but she, just the other day, we had another incident. So we won't share all the incidents because there's a lot of them. <laughs> but it's really to keep short accounts, be quick to love, quick to forgive. And uh, what happens is we store it up, and we start building up resentment. And, and uh, don't, it says in Hebrews 12, don't let anyone fall short of the grace of God. And then don't let any root of bitterness spring up amongst you. And that by it many will be defiled. You'll, it'll defile you. It'll defy your, defile your marriage. 
and defile your others around. So, okay, sorry I got a little long there, dude. <laughs> Grab this. Yeah, I think um, just sharing honestly with you, uh, I, I've been married to Dave. I always felt like he he has all the accolades. He gets pats on the back. He um, everyone tells him how great he is, and I think he does a great job. And and for some reason earlier on, I just felt like he didn't need to hear that affirmation from me, and. Um, so I just, I realized, I came to a point where I realized, even in, in forgiveness, I didn't want to be the one to come humbly before him. And uh, so I kind of had to realize that this is something that the Lord asks us to do, you know, to be humble. And um, I just think, um, in this, oh. Um, just when we have deep hurts and, 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 and wounds, I think what I realized is that I need to be praying for this guy. He needs a prayer partner. Being in the ministry as well, he's got the target on his back. And there was a moment, a scripture I read in 1 Samuel, I talked about, far be it from me that I should uh, sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And it was just something that just kind of hit me that I need to be praying for this man. And I think women, as we're praying, we're going to be harnessed more with our husband. We want to be on his team. We want to be on his side. We know him the best, and uh, we need to be there for them, kind of be battle buddies, you know. And, and I think as we're praying for our, our spouse, that um, then the forgiveness piece, I think, is a little easier. We have a whole different perspective, thinking of what Christ did for us. How can we not forgive our husband or our wife, if we think of what Christ has done and forgiven us for, uh, 70 times seven, and um, it's over and over again. So it's that renewing of that forgiveness piece, and it starts over each time you run into a conflict, and it's it's so hard to be humble in that way because you feel like, well, he should be, you know, you know, you know how y'all think, <laughs> they should be coming to me. It's his fault. We're running out of time here, so uh, get to that final fifth B there, Trav. Sorry. Uh, you know, have fun. We, we enjoy each other. We like to bike together, do things together. She travels with me now. She didn't travel much with me. Really, really manned the home front with the kids, and just that was just unbelievable how. And, you know, the kids didn't resent it because Wendy didn't resent. She was my biggest, truly my biggest cheerleader, not only jumping up and down on the sidelines when I first met her, but every day I feel like she's my biggest cheerleader. And other people say, hey, how do you put up with Dave traveling so much, you know? And she doesn't even, she doesn't even go there. It's just really wonderful how she's not resentful about that. She just says, you know, I'm, we're in it together. And I, I don't say that just kind of to put on a facade that everything's perfect with us. But it's hard. It's a sacrifice. But she really, really uh, has been great. I would say one thing that really has been such a blessing um, is having mental fidelity. And, I, and I've really purposed it. You know, Job says, I set a covenant with my eyes. And I want my affections to be towards my wife. In Psalm 101, he says, I'll set no vile thing before my eyes. And uh, Wendy is so wonderful that way. We, we text each other. And I wouldn't want any of you reading our texts. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's wonderful. And uh, FaceTime. I think one of the most spiritual things a, a Christian wife can do is get a, a nice negligee. I mean, I, I mean, really, it's terrible. <laughs> but I, I think it, 
to really keep that first, that romance alive, you guys. And uh, we have to cultivate our first love for the Lord, creating, cultivating intimacy with the Lord. And we need to cultivate intimacy with with each other. And uh, sorry, I got a little personal there, but uh, you know, and it's just uh, I, Wendy's been so wonderful, just being being there. And so my, I want my thoughts, my my total affection to be directed towards her. If I'm going to fantasize, I want to be thinking about us. And it's so easy in a world that just bombards us with moral impurity. And uh, I just didn't want to be another casualty. And I don't want to be. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. So I just really want to be walking in purity and holiness. And Wendy really helps me in that area of life. And uh, anyways, we're done. Keep the romance alive. Uh, we've got a little prayer rock over on Marsh Rice Lake. We pray together and just have those special times, second annual honeymoons. Um, we had a really cool one. If you want to come and ask us about it, when we, it was uh, met her when I was coming back from Vietnam. Maybe they'll have us back for the romance yeah. section, right? Okay. Ephesians 5, submit to one another. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then let your, you know, the power source is Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And uh, that, the, the picture of marriage is, uh, the priorities is uh, God's blueprint right there in Ephesians 5. And then it'll be a picture to the world of, a, uh, of Christ's love for the church. Okay, honey, we're done. Well, I do want to close with a prayer, just praying over each one of you as couples. And um, this is a marriage prayer I'm sure a lot of you have heard before. I just love it. I think it's a powerful message in itself. So we thought we'd close with this. If you want to bow your heads here, I'm just going to read it. But um, So bless each one of these men, Lord Jesus. Bless him as a protector and provider of the home. Sustain him in all the pressures of life. May his strength be... Uh, his wife's protection, his character be her pride, and may he also live that she will find in him the haven for which the heart of a woman truly longs. Bless each one of these women. Give her tenderness that will make her great, a deep sense of understanding, and a great faith in you. Give her that inner beauty of soul that never fades, that eternal youth that is found in holding fast the things that never age. Teach each one of these couples that marriage is not merely living for each other. It's joining together, joining hands together to serve you. Give them a great spiritual purpose in life. May they seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the other things shall be added unto them. May they not expect of each other the perfection that belongs only to you. May they minimize each other's weaknesses, be swift to praise and magnify each other's strengths, and see each other through kind and patient eyes. Now bring circumstances into their lives that will develop their character as they walk together. Give them enough tears to keep them tender, enough hurts to keep their hands clenched tightly in yours, and encourage success to encourage them in their walk with you. May they never take each other's love for granted, but always experience that breathless wonder that exclaims, out of all this world you've chosen me. And when life is done, may they be found then as now, hand in hand, still thanking you for each other. May they serve you happily, faithfully together until the last one uh, shall lay the other into your arms. Bless them, Lord, and cause them to grow in grace and in knowledge of you and in their love for one another. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Dave, Wendy, thank you. And... Um, Dave, I, I appreciate um, the fact that 
not only have you lived a consistent life for the Lord, but I've seen that in y'all's relationship. And I know y'all have been here 32 years. I, my 15 years are grace. I've seen that day in and day out. And that has been, I think as a Christian, when you see two other people living it out, it encourages you. And I, I, I know I've been blessed being under the tutelage uh, of Dave and Wendy because of your relationship together. It has made an impact on so many people here. Not only the evangelism you've given to people and how to do that, but the relationships you have as well. Most significant, your marriage. So thank you, Dave and Wendy. <clears throat> Guys, have a great topic. This is a great topic. I know it's hard. It's so good. Enjoy your conversation today in your small group.